The Brum Radio Shop is now open with all sorts of Brum Radio stuff with everything from t-shirts and hoodies to mugs and posters and much more. Support Brum Radio. Go to brumradio.com and click on shop. Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hi, it's Barbara Nice here. Barbara's in Strides at Nice in the Biscuit. I'm in a different kind of a place. I'm not in my back bedroom. Paul, where are you? Are you still at home? Hello, Paul. Are you still at home? I went away and came back, so. Because you do sound absolutely bad. I might sound a bit echoey because I am in a big, a very big room, really, doing a bit of cleaning, a bit of deep cleaning, you know, jobs on the side. We've got a lovely guest today, Jan Ravens, who you might know from Dead Ringers. But I can't, I remember I met her in Edinburgh Festival. And if you're new to this show, it's Barbara Nice here, Barbara's in Strides at Nice in the Biscuit, talking to pals she's met along the way on the road. So, very pleased to speak to Jan. So you're all right, Paul, anyway. I spent yesterday with a cat, so I was quite happy. Why? Your own cat? Well, my mum's cat, and I should say, obviously, I went for my mum, really, obviously. But the cat was nice to me for the first time in its life, so I was happy. (laughs) I think lockdown is doing that, isn't it? Absence is making the heart grow fonder. Yes. Also, I fed it, so that also helps. Very nice. I like that cat. I met a woman the other day and I said, have you been getting on with your husband over lockdown? She said, we've not hit each other over the head with a pan. <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, that's good. So there's been a lot of benefits coming out of it in the whole thing, Small haven't there, really? Small victories, love. No pan manhandling. All woman manhandling. Or yeah. manhandling. Yeah, panhandling. Very good, yeah. Paul. Very, very good. So soon we won't be back in the shed, Well, think? if you want to be. If you want to be. I mean, it's also working well here because I've had the great and the good and the comedy and other wide-ranging worlds uh, in my living room. So I'm happy either way. But we can also go to the shed. We can go to the shed. Is this Jan? I think I can talk to you. I I can hear you with all your bird song, Jan. Oh, can you hear the bird song? Yeah, I can hear your bird song, love. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? I'm fine, I'm fine. How are you? All right, now this is Paul. Say hello to Jan, Paul. Paul, Jan, Jan, Paul. Hi, Paul. Yeah, he's very nice. Nice to virtually meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jan, we're recording from now on because some people say, when will it start? Because we're just gossiping. And then I say, well, we've nearly finished, love. Just to let you know, there's no there's no big difference between the start and when we start and all that okay. kind of stuff. But <coughs> I'm coughing. Coronavirus. I am. I, well, it's funny, Jan, because that's the first time I've come out of the back bedroom. <coughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. I hope you're okay. True, Paul will tell you mm. that I've, I've been... Not, I'm not been, you know, I'm not been shielding more than the ordinary person, but I've come out... I've actually come out today to do some work, some deep cleaning. In this big building, and I am coughing at you. I'll be all right, I'm looking up now. But the birds sound lovely, Jan, I'm telling you. Where are you now, love? I'm just in my front room. I'm just in oh. my front room, and um, and yeah, I've got the window open, but I'm really surprised you can hear the birds. I actually saw this thing in a shop once where you could, you know, it was a little speaker, and you could have it, like, in your house, and it was just... <laughs> who would like one of those what a brilliant thing who would like one of those i couldn't think of anybody that would actually kind of go oh thanks that's lovely bird so song in the end. yeah just a little bird song 
you know, thing in your, in your house as a little sort of ambient sort of, you know, background noise. It was yeah. very nice. And I won't be the first person to have noted when you was impersonating that bird, you were very good. Do it oh. again. Do it again, Jack. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Now I, sound like, now I sound like I'm just summoning the dog. Uh, who was that person a long time ago used to do bird song and Oh per Percy Thrower? Percy Edwards. No, Percy Thrower. <laughs> <laughs> Percy Thrower was the Monty Don of his day. A That's lot right. Less sexy, I think. Yeah, he's nice. He's quite nice, Monty. So it was Percy who used to Percy do it. Percy Thrower. Who used Percy to do the bird song? Percy Edwards. He was big, wasn't he, Percy Edwards? He was big. He was big oh. back in the day. It's not a name you often hear, is it, now, Percy? No. It's sort of become a bit of a comedy name. <laughs> well, it's interesting because we got mixed up. There were two Percys who were big at the time. Do you mean yeah. Percy Edwards or Percy Thrower? Now, that, now, wasn't there another Percy, a sort of musical Percy? Who was he? The Percy Somebody Orchestra. <laughs> I don't know. It's a big name. Oh, it's a big name. Do you think Percy? Go on. Well, it's now. So now you just think Point Percy at the porcelain, don't you? That's, That's exactly what you think. But it no, not that long ago. It was a big showbiz name. If you weren't called Percy, you were nobody. Oh, I know. I know. It's all these all these names you don't hear anymore, like Colin, and um, you know Malcolm. Nobody gets christened that anymore. Well, nobody gets christened. Are you christened? <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah, I think everybody did in those days. You yeah. just did, didn't you? Yeah, I was a Sunday school teacher. I went to Sunday school for you. How long were you a teacher for, Jan? Well, it was just at Hoy Lake, Presbyter Hoy Lake Presbyterian Church. I quite liked it, actually. I quite, when I was young, I always wanted to marry a vicar because I thought it would provide me with moral certainty. <laughs> <laughs> and you get some quite nice houses to live in as well. Well, you get so you, you did then. Now they sell all they sell the rectory off, don't they, and give you a horrible sort of like you know, seventies semi next door to the sort of Victorian <laughs> rectory that the vicar used to have as part of his living. That's right. Yeah. When did you lose the thing then? So there you were, your Sunday school teacher got your eye on the vicar. When did all that change? Well, it changed, I think, when I started. Um, well, actually, I tell you when it really changed. I went to confirmation class and I said to the vicar, my granddad is a really good man. He's a really um, kind man, you know, he'd do anything for anybody, but he doesn't believe in God. So um, does that mean he won't go to heaven? And the vicar said, well, yes, I'm afraid it does mean he won't go to heaven because he hasn't accepted Jesus in his heart. And uh, I thought, oh, well, I don't really like the sound of that. So there was that, that that sort of rather struck a kind of um, uh, a wrong chord. And then, uh, and then also, I think, when I started sort of, you know, because I was quite a young teenager when I was a Sunday school teacher, you know, I wasn't much older than the kids I was teaching. Like, I was about, you know, 13 or 14, and they were eight. And so, um, so I was doing, like, the scripture stories with them and all that. And, and then I suddenly sort of thought, you know, I'm teaching them all this stuff and I'm off kind of, you know, I'm off raving at night, you know, and kind of chasing after boys and things. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, so it sort of, like, it faded away, really. And I think, yeah, I think, I, you know, because I hadn't, I never met the vicar or married him, the moral, you know, the certainty was never there. You know, and I always sort of... I always kind of, you know, like Thora heard, you know, when Thora heard, you say, you know, I talked to my mate, God, 
how are you saying, <laughs> what is she talking about? What does she... You know, I mean, I would love to have that kind of simple belief that you had a lovely bloke, you know, that you talked to that was, you know, had a long white beard and sat up on a cloud and you could tell him all your problems and it made you feel better. I think it would be great. But, but you felt you couldn't, yeah. Especially not letting your nice granddad in. I can no. see that that was a moment when you thought, well, if he can't go yeah. in, then I'm not going in. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Yeah, you're not letting Eric in. I'm not having it. That's right. Now, I know that just before all this started, you was going to go and do talking about Thora Heard, talking heads, weren't you? What theatre was it going to be in, Jan? Remind well, us. We started it. We started it. We did. Um, we did about ten days. We opened. It was Watford Palace Theatre, um, and um, which is a really beautiful, you know, Victorian theatre, like a sort of built as a music hall, I think, actually. And, um, you know, about 500, really lovely size. You know, you really feel like the audience is giving you a hug. Um, and yeah, we did about 10 days and I was doing Lady of Letters, which is the one Patricia Routledge did originally. And I was doing um, Soldiering On, which Stephanie Cole did originally. And then Harriet Walter did it just now. And Imelda Staunton did Lady of Letters. So I, wa I was slightly, um, made me slightly sad actually because I you know it was Alan Bennett you know it's so kind of well you can imagine yourself I mean you know if you got an Alan Bennett monologue to do you'd think all your birthdays had come at once wouldn't you yeah that's you'd, right you yeah. would just get it you know what I mean I, I know that you would do one of those monologues absolutely oh. brilliantly because you've just got the feel for those northern rhythms and thank you th that's sort of what it's all about you know what I mean it's all about that um the feel for those women that he sort of, that Alan Bennett kind of eavesdropped on, really, you know, it was his mum and his aunties and all that kind of thing, that, and the people that he was hearing on the bus, all those speech patterns and ways of looking at things. And I just sort of felt like, oh, my God, you know, this is the part I was always born to play kind of thing. And then this blinky, yeah. Way. Yeah. Awful, Jan. And how long did it take you to get over that? Maybe you've never, maybe you haven't got over it yet, really. It's a big well, thing to get over, that is. It is, really. It is. I mean, it was, it's very, but I, to be honest, um, I mean, I do feel sad about it. And um, Bridget Lama, the director, she's keen to kind of bring it back, you know, if, if and when the theatre can open. She's keen to bring it back because, you know, um, because it's, well, A, it's quite a cheap production, I suppose. You know, there was me and uh, another actress called Julie <laughs> yeah, Watson doing, doing another monologue, you know. So um, they could bung us in, you know, with a chair and a table and a neck curtain and, you know, Bob's your uncle. So, um, so yeah, so it would be it would be lovely to do it again. But um, but the, pe the people I really feel sorry for in all this is... is I mean, this sound, makes me sound... Well, the people I feel really sorry for are the young people. I'm really know. sorry for, like, our kids, you know. I feel really sorry for, you know, Alfie, my son, who's a comedian, and Lenny, my son, who's a musician and plays in a, you know, a piano club. You know, these small venues that are going to be so hard to get going again, you know, the comedy venues and the music venues. And uh, and I kind of feel, well, you know, if nothing else ever happens to me, I've had a really, you know, I've, I've had such a full kind of brilliant, you know, go at it. And I hope mm. that I'll, ha I'll carry on having a lot more. But if I don't, well, you know, um, it's been it's been bloody great. And they just they're just getting started, you know, they're just sort of getting going. And um, 
you know, all these young comics, you know, they're going a bit crazy because, you know, these comics, they need to perform. Well, as, as, have they done anything on Zoom? Who is it that your son does the, the comedy outfit? Yes. Yeah. Has he done any Zoom stuff, yes, Jan? he's done Zoom, he's done Instagram Live, he's done YouTube Live. Um, you know, he's done a few podcasts and stuff. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not really, you know, it's not, it's not making money. And it's not, you know, it's not... Well, you know yourself, it's not being with an audience, which is just something that you love, isn't it? You know, it's something that, uh, that feeds you. It's a funny thing I do, I've been doing a Zoom show, I've gone have a, we're doing the last one on Saturday night actually. I think there's a way where you feel, maybe I've got a good imagination, where I feel like I am in the living room with them. I think you can, I know it sounds a bit, yes I do, John, I'm not lying to you. I feel like I'm zooming in, literally, zooming That's in. So and I like being, oh, well I don't know whether it is or not, but I feel like you can. Oh, I don't know. Because you know I like doing all the audience stuff and yes, all the absolutely. kind of getting... I find I can still... I know it's not the same, and I really do agree with you about the young'uns, and they, they're just starting out. And I talked to Jenny Clare, she's one of my guests, yeah. and she said, just what you've said, we've got all these memories, all these things we've done and been, and they're just starting out. I think it's going to be all right, though. I think they've started to say that outdoor performances can happen. Yeah, I, if, saw, that, uh, I saw last night that Mark Watson and Shapiko Sandy and Ed Byrne had done this outdoor gig in the pissing rain. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> That's right. That's people, right. People had to honk if they were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, you, I mean, we should do one. That would be so great, wouldn't it? Honk if you're laughing. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are... I think we're very inventive and creative. Well, I know we are. And just finding new ways of doing stuff. In some ways, it's kind of reactivated my interest in it all. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of amazing. How can we solve this? Yeah. It reminds me of the early days of the Edinburgh Festival. People thinking, could we put a show on in this cupboard? Yes. That kind of stuff. <laughs> reminds me of all that, Jan. Well, yeah, you see, you, you, you've you really um, taken the bull by the horns with these, uh, you know, these shows that you do, you, you, you lock in. And um, I haven't actually seen one, but I, I can imagine how, you know, how, how your energy does kind of come right out of it. And I am such a sort of, um, I'm so afraid of technology, really. I'm so sort of like, oh, well, will it go wrong? Will it go wrong? You know, will, I go, will it all drop out and nobody will be able to hear me? Um, you know, I, I sort of like, I get intimidated by it, which is so stupid because it's not, you know, I... it's not that difficult. No, and I think we've all been on a steep learning curve. For the first week, I was thinking, will I ever remember all these passwords? That was driving me mad. Then you've got wires all around your house. I mean, you've been doing dead rings. Have you been doing it under a duvet and all that business? No, Has that been no. going on? I mean, I was doing it in, in my house, and then um, I got a bit stressed out about it. So um, so I'm actually doing it in a studio in um, in um, in London, in Hoban, with uh, with the guy who edits it, and so I'm in I, I'm in his studio. John Colshaw is isolating up at his house in Lancashire, so he goes into a studio in Liverpool, and then the other three, Lewis McLeod and Duncan Wisby and Deborah Stevenson, they're all under the duvet at home. In fact, I think Lewis and Duncan have got like you know a proper setup at home, because Lewis is like you know king of the voiceovers. So he's got something okay. at home, something proper. And Duncan's um, 
a musician, so he's got a sort of setup at home. Deborah's under the stairs with the duvets round her, um, and um, and I and I I'm a coward. And me and John, yeah, we've taken the easy way out and gone into a studio. And I I can him. And does it feel different? Because I've been listening to the shows, and I think they sound brilliant. Because there's so much to talk about at the moment. It's such, isn't it a rich? Unfortunately, yeah, it's a rich I mean, the, pickings, the, the isn't it? You know, have been so brilliant. The scriptwriters, they just keep coming up with all this, you know, brilliant stuff, which is, you know, I mean, I kind of marvel at them really that there there are still kind of new things to say and new angles on all these kind of because i mean really all the characters uh you know the kind of the matt hancocks and the gavin williamson's you know that they're, they're all these sort of very bland characters but you know you make something of them yeah and uh, and yeah and actually i think dead ringers has worked quite well without the audience and i think it's because you know you're creating you know each sketch is creating its own world so it's like listening to a mini drama, whereas I think it's more difficult with things like the news quiz and um, the now show because they're they're addressing themselves direct to the audience. So when the audience isn't there in real life, that's more. Whereas in Dead Ringers, although the response from the audience in the radio theatre is huge, you know, and each the sort of well loved characters get a huge response when you start talking and all that kind of thing. It's it's. Um, it's actually, I think, worked worked really well. I mean, it's a bit of a nightmare to edit because the poor guy has got like five different feeds and his own recording of it that he does. And, you know, it's it's a bit of a nightmare to put together. They, they keep delivering it to the BBC about five minutes before, you know, but... Um, because yeah. it's so much more work. I, I think there's definitely something about it that suits Dead Ringers. I'll tell you what I don't think is going so well. The Archers. Have you been listening to it, love? No, I haven't. But actually, <laughs> oh. apparently, it was all these weird monologues. It's awful. <laughs> I'm sorry to say this, and I shouldn't probably, but it's oh, as soon as it comes on, I turn it off. Well, Have I a listen to it if you why, can. I don't understand why they couldn't do what 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 Dead Ringers did. I mean, you know, you can you can be taught, you, you you know, you can sound like you're talking to each other. Even when you're doing this, so I know. Why did these kind of strange monologues? I mean, I I sort of only dip in and out of the archers, but I did I did hear it and I thought, what the hell's this? You know, it sounds like it's awful. Like, it's something like sort of Samuel Beckett gone wrong. <laughs> it's um, awful. Terrible. It really properly is, and I'm afraid I don't want to listen to the art because it's sort of shown it up for what it is. <laughs> Not much. I'm sorry to say this. But not much good. No, no. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying it to know that. But honestly, I think it. But it has suited, as suited dead ringers and stuff. So you've managed to keep working. I know you're bothered about the kids, and I'm bothered about them and all and all that. Yeah. Have you enjoyed it on any level, Jan? The kind of I was running around everywhere like headless chicken. So that's been good. Well, I, I sort of, I've. I've enjoyed, I've had my, my, my youngest son, my 21 year old, he's been here with me for most of the time. And that's been really lovely because he's just a really lovely character. He's very, um, he's very easygoing, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a really sort of nice guy to have around and he's a good cook. Um, so um, that's been very nice. And, um, and I, I was having sort of socially distanced walks with a couple of friends. And, the, and when it was that lovely weather, Mm, you know, it was it, it was 
it what there was something i mean I, I felt there were two worlds really there was this world of this kind of horror that was going on that people were undergoing and then there was this world of people who were actually able to take more time just to you know stand and stare you know to look at the countryside or to you know to eat, go to the park and sit under a tree to spend more time with their kids i mean it, like you were saying about um about our business i think lots of businesses are going to be thinking well you know that thing that we had when it was the coronavirus i think i want to sort of quite keep that because you know i was working seven days a week i never saw my children and now i realize that i can work at home i can you know, be a bit more flexible, maybe go into, you know, go into the office a couple of days a week. And I think there'll be lots of offices that say, well, we don't really need this big office in the centre of the city. You know, we don't really need everybody be, to be commuting in every day. Maybe some days, yes. But I think, you know, I think you're right. I think the pattern of working in all spheres is going to change as a result of this. I hope for the best, yeah. What do you think about John Lewis and Boots? Oh, I think, it, I mean, John Lewis is like a comfort blanket, isn't it? I mean, I can't understand about Boots because surely Boots was, you know, I mean, there were queues outside Boots all through the, uh, you know, the... the uh, right, that's right. You know, so I think that's brilliant. What's going yeah. on? But I mean, I, and I, th I think with some, I mean, I, um, when I was in Watford doing, re rehearsing the play and do, doing Talking Heads, They've got an absolutely huge new shopping centre in Watford. And um, there was a John Lewis in it, empty. It was always right. absolutely empty. And that, sure enough, is one of the ones that's closed. So I think the coronavirus has been a kind of catalyst for a lot of these places that were, you know, on the high street that were having trouble anyway. I agree um, with you, but I agree with you about boots. That surprised you, wasn't it? I think yeah. you're right there, Jan. Let's get to the bottom of boots. What is that about? I just don't understand. But they were saying, oh, it's, um, you know, people weren't going in to buy their sort of beauty treatments and stuff. They were ordering them online and all that because you were only supposed to go in there for essential stuff to get your paracetamol and your masks and all that. So people were apparently ordering a lot of stuff online. And, you know, people get into a habit, don't they? They do, and also, but when did I always thought Boots was a chemist? I think it's. I think that says a lot that they're saying well, the lipstick sales were down, but people were queuing up for the prescriptions. But that's yeah. not enough for Boots. No, no, and well, it's. A, mm. I guess it, yeah. So um, that I think it's it's really sad. And you know, when I was in town um, yesterday doing this week's Dead Ringers, um, I was I was around Hoban, which is where there are so many offices and. Um, uh, all that and all these coffee shops and dry cleaners and all the, all those sort of um, shops and businesses that serve all those office workers, you know, they're all shut. And, um, you know, so it, this is a huge kind of, um, you know, that's a huge amount of people unemployed, you know, and going out of business, huge amounts. And... Um, you know, you just I do you do wonder what's going to happen to everybody, and and I I just don't know what's going to happen to to my sons, um, apart from you know coming to mama for a bailout because you know I just don't know when they're going to be able to earn you know a decent amount of money anytime soon. I mean, as you say, you can do the podcasts and the YouTube live and stuff, but it's quite difficult to make you know make a living doing that. 
And also that generation, well, I think, were, cut, were knocked by the 2008 bank robbery. Yeah. And well, and also the fact that we, our generation, benefited so much from, like, you know, we bought a little house when we were starting out and all of a sudden it was worth twice as much, you know, in the 80s. And yeah. so we've sort of benefited um, from that kind of, you know, those sort of boom times so that now our kids can't afford to buy a house for love nor money because... You know, they've just they've just gone right through. We had, you know, when I went to university, you know, you got full grant. Um, you know, now they get a loan that they're supposed to pay back. But you know, I don't know. I I just think things were sort of pretty hard for them as it was, you know. And my son, who's been with me during lockdown, he's um, twenty two, and he's just uh, about to graduate. And none of his friends, not him or any of his friends, have got a job to go to or a sort of, you know, oh, graduate team or an internship. Not one of them. So he's um, thinking, yeah. you know, he'll go back and do an MA. And I think a lot of kids are doing... Are doing I'm going to do that. This Rishi, what's his name, Rishi? He's, Rishi he's That's right. Now, yesterday he was doing quite a lot of stuff for young people, which is good. But also, what do you think about that at meal out to help out, £10 thing? Well, I couldn't understand it, Jan. No, I, I didn't. I didn't look at... So, so, so what I don't do you, understand. I don't understand it. I, hope looked, I mean, I hope Rishi Sunak doesn't doesn't come into the restaurant without his mask on and give you a tenner. You know, <laughs> here you are. Well done. Well done for getting me a comedy going. Here's a tenner, and here's me spreading my germs all over. That's right. It'll be interesting to see what what um, dead ringers make of all that stuff. Because when I was listening to it, I thought, oh, very nice. I didn't think about it afterwards, and you think, what on earth are you talking about? I know what. And the other thing I was reading about him is um, he's got eight houses. Has he? Including one in Kensington. Yeah, and um, <sighs> I mean, and I, and I said, I said to, to Louis, my son, I said, oh, well, at least, you know, it shows he's good with money. And Louis said, honestly, Mum, you can never say anything good about the Tories. And I go, no, 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 I, I'm, you know, I'm, I mean it. It's a kind, you know, obviously if he's minted, um, you know, and earned all this money, um, he must be good with money. So, you know. Chancellor, eight houses though. I wouldn't want to clean eight houses. So take, it, so take me out off to Rishi, gardening all them I gardens. I don't, I don't suppose he does. <laughs> Either do I, Chan. <laughs> Either do I, Piggy Night. A fleet of staff they'll be there, won't they? Service now service. listen, love. I've got to, I, I've got to go. Is there any? Are you doing anything else? Because sometimes people say, well, "I'm doing this, I'm doing that." Is there? I like the fact you're talking about what your kids are doing. Is there anything that your kids are doing you want people to know about? When's the next thing well, they're doing? Well, Alfie, Alfie Brown, my son Alfie Brown, he do, he's started doing gigs on YouTube. So uh, yeah, look at look follow Alfie on Instagram and um, and see what he's up to because he's always doing something interesting. He's always got something quite challenging to say and uh, good. yeah he's um he's a he's a good egg and and Lenny I don't know what Lenny will do because uh, he works at this piano bar um in the middle of London and I don't know whether they'll reopen but anyway um yeah um follow up on hope, Instagram I hope the piano bar does open I have been to a pub I've got to tell you I went to a pub on the first Saturday just a local to have a look and it was all very well organized but but the life of me, I couldn't see why they couldn't have a live musician in yeah. the garden playing a guitar or something. Why not? I know. That's I what I kept thinking. It. 
I don't understand it. And and as well, you know, the same with um, you know, with the comedy clubs. And actually, I when we um, when we were doing Talking Heads in uh, and it was sort of approaching lockdown, so people were thinking, oh, I'm not sure I want to go out. And I was, uh, you know, doing radio interviews saying, you know, it's perfectly possible to socially distance if you come and see our play. You know, there's only 200 in in a 600 seat theatre. Exactly. That's why. Far away as you like. That's that's brilliant, Jan, because we know that's big and true. It was already socially distanced. (laughs) (laughs) Right, absolutely true. Oh dear. Oh, it's so lovely to talk to you. Right, and you, I've always enjoyed talking to you from the minute we met, and I can't remember where it was, really. It was either in Edinburgh. I think think maybe we first met at a Funny Women gig or something. Oh, that's right. And we've always just clicked, haven't we? You've always made me laugh, and I've always enjoyed being with you. Absolutely. I, I can't wait to see you in real life. And me, love. And I'm so pleased. I'm not pleased, but I really appreciate what you're saying. That We're saying we're bothered about the kids, the youngins, yeah. what are they going to do? I love all yeah. that. I love you, Jan Ravens. You're a very talented woman. And, and, and at the Dead Ringers at the moment, I just think it's absolutely brilliant. And I hope you get oh, back doing that, talking well, heads. You. You're brilliant. Oh, I love you loads too, Mrs. All Barbara right, Nice. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you, darling. Take care. Take care, Barbara. Bye. Sweetheart, bye-bye. She's lovely, isn't she lovely? Yeah, you can just tell what a very, 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 very nice person she is. Oh, yeah. You have to go and you've said so many berries. I know. Right, so this I absolutely love her. Yeah. Right then, I'm a bit worried when I started coughing, Paul. I was worried. That's yeah. a, but the first time I've come out and straight away I was coughing. I was worried you weren't cleaning very well. <laughs> I've cleaned them all. I used to clean for the Beckhams. He's lovely. She's <laughs> as you would expect. Bum, bum. I haven't forgot the routine. I haven't forgot the routine. <laughs> I, I, have, I have got to go now because okay. I'm supposed to be on my dinner break and there's a lady keep looking at me funny, so I'll have to put my mask back on right, okay. and get some hand sanitizer on and go. But I'm gradually making them steps out into the world and it's funny what people do with masks. Some people just wear them under the chin like a beard. <laughs> have you seen them, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to wear a mask if you get on a bus, not put on the mask to sit, show the driver and then take it off when you There's a down. funny thing That's going on with masks. And my friend, oh, I've got in a minute, but the friend, one of the women I'm cleaning with, she said she'd had her hair done, looks very nice, you know, one mm. of the first people into have her hair done. She said as soon as she went in with mask on, the hairdresser said, oh, take that mask off, I can't, you know, can't cut round your ear holes <laughs> with that. And so she said, I'm just supposed to be wearing She said, oh, just, just as long as people see you come in with it, that's all that matters. <laughs> You have to get some oh, really, that's going on. Really long scissors, two metres. That's long. right. And then, oh, you know, she's wearing a visor, but she's wearing it on top of her head because she still can't breathe. So anyway, <laughs> I suppose we're having a go, but how thorough is it? That's what I want to know. Anyway, I better get deep cleaning again. Okay. All right, Paul, nice to see you. I'm, I think I might come to the shed, give it a whisk around with some dental. Could work. Could we talk about it? We'll Could see. work. <laughs> yeah, and that lovely Jan Ravens. Thanks for. How are we doing, everybody? Is any any news of anything else global going on, listenership wise? I've looked at the countries for a while. You're right. I should read out a different country. I thought I did honestly see Seoul. Seoul. I don't know. You say it on the list the other week. Blinking egg. One person's gone on holiday to Seoul by the look of it, but yeah. <laughs> it's probably is that that's going on. <laughs> anyway, I've got my show on Saturday night, last yeah. one, so bit, and it's selling very well. So if anybody's listening to this, mm. oh well, you might. Get, mm, I don't know when this will go out because you've got to get your tickets before nine o'clock tonight, and oh, I think they might. Before nine. Brilliant. Right, if you've enjoyed this, get your tickets. Go on to um, Barbara. Just go on to Joke Pit and put Barbara Nice's 
lock in five in the tickets will come up it is selling really well which i'm glad about because we want a good night out for everybody yeah. uh so but they yeah you they go off the box office shuts at nine o'clock tonight because damien's got to do a lot of admin we've got to work out the numbers for the raffle there's a lot going on you know well you know like jan was saying that you know the technicians are having to do a lot of stuff mm. in this lockdown Right, I better go because I don't want to get this sack up and just got this job. Yeah, I better go. Take care, love. Thank you for listening, everybody. Over and out. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.